Have you ever felt like giving up, quitting, throwing in the towel? Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. She's an author, health coach, and motivational speaker. Backed into a corner multiple times in her life, Carol shares with you stories on how she overcame some of the toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope. Never Ever Give Up Hope is a show about people who have done just that. They never gave up no matter what. All of my guests are winners. All of them are survivors. And most of them have survived incredible circumstances. And as a result, they have the passion to help others. And that's what it's all about. When we go through something that may be devastating to us and we get through it and we're stronger for it, we want to share our story. And that's what this show's about stories stories of real people who have gone through devastating circumstances and become successful whatever they were attempting to do some have overcome abuse of a variety of types some have overcome extreme poverty and now are multimillionaires some have overcome serious depression or disease and now they're living free from fear and pain all of my guests are special and I'm so thankful for the tips that they want to give us, for the insights that they want to give us, so that whoever is listening that is possibly in the middle of a crisis or trauma can be helped. And also, their stories are wonderful to share with others, even if you're not going through a crisis. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story, and I'm so glad to have the opportunity to share those stories. So if you know someone who has a story of survival and overcoming, contact me, and we'll see if we can get you on the show as well to share your story. Never Ever Give Up Hope is now heard in over 140 countries, and that too shows me that no matter where we are on this globe, there are people who want to hear stories of encouragement and hope. So thank you to all my listeners, because without you, we wouldn't have a show. And thank you, of course, to all my special guests. With me today, I have Allison Graham. She is an author who has showed professionals how to grow their top-line revenue and to build profitable relationships. Her books include From Business Cards to Business Relationships, that sounds intriguing. Profitable networking and personal branding made easy. She's an authority on sales and networking in the media, and each week she shares business lessons from the big business headlines on Global News 980 CFPL. But she has been dealt a series of difficult blows in her life, and that's why she's on this show. Her latest book, and I love, I love the title of this book. It certainly makes you want to open it. It is entitled, Married My Mom, 
birth the dog how to be resilient when life sucks this is what she's going to share with us today how to feel less alone in our struggles and she's going to give us tools to bounce forward and succeed welcome allison thank you so much for having me now something we've often discussed on this show is how strong people who seem to have it all together on the outside and you think they're rocks but they're actually falling apart on the inside and this is what happened to you as i as i was reading your story i thought gosh, you know, not only am I relating, but so many people relate to that because you want to be strong. You don't want to be a, having a pity party and having people feel sorry for you. So you put on this persona, you know, that everything is cool and, and, and life is wonderful. And inside, you don't know what you're going to do. So tell us about that decade of hell you went through. So start from the beginning and share your story. Yeah. And, you know, even just picking up on what you just said about how so often we feel like everybody else has it together. And it's interesting because I was the person, if I look at me objectively from the outside during that decade of hell, I was the person who looked like she had it all together. I was working with major companies, uh, speaking and training and doing online programs that were custom for them. And I was, you know, I look good, right? Like I always had a smile on my face. And what they didn't see was everything behind the scenes. So my decade of hell really started when I lost my dad. Now, I know that we all lose, you know, at some point we lose our parents potentially or other people in our life who we love. But I didn't have the tools to function without him. And so that was the beginning. But then I had a surgery that uh, was supposed to be really simple And it turned into a pretty serious surgery that caused permanent neuropathic damage in my pelvis. And with that, the level of pain was excruciating. And I had to, I went from working, you know, 18 hours a day and loving life and and being on top of the world to having anywhere between two and four hours a day of functionality. So that was the really the beginning, the first, you know, couple of dominoes. But then there were another five surgeries that happened after that. Hundreds of doctor's appointments. I don't even want to talk about how many pain meds that I had to, you know, had at that point. And and now I'm so thrilled to say I have no pain medication. I deal with my pain without that. And we can hopefully talk about that a little bit in this segment. But uh, from there, so five more surgeries and... Then, as I started to get back out into the world and you know trying to socialize again, uh, six people in my life who were really important to me all passed away very suddenly. So I was a zombie. And as I went on in my zombie world, I ended up with eight major injuries. So different bone breaks or, uh, yeah, it was just like it didn't stop. And I remember once going on stage for an international accounting firm And I had broken my toe, my big toe, and I was in this walking cast. And I took the cast off behind the stage. I went on stage. I did my keynote. (laughs) And I got back into my cast. Like, it's a a classic Mm -hmm. falling apart on the inside of our bodies, mentally, emotionally, physically, and uh, trying to put on that brave face. So that, that, in the nutshell, was it. And of course, compounded by, you know, everything we say to ourselves in our mind, right? And uh, yeah, so that that's the short answer. So what's the alternative? You know, if we don't present ourselves as strong, what is the alternative? To look like a weakling? 
No, to be to strong. feel sorry for ourselves. No, to be stronger. Exactly. To have the tools so that you know when you need to focus on healing, you know when and how to heal. You can lower your stress uh, so that you're not feeling this. You can heal and be kinder to yourself when you are taking time off or when you're not. And so there's so much about it because we can't control what's going to happen to us. And so all we can do is choose to be more resilient so that we can move forward, not bounce back. I don't like to say bounce back. Uh, you know, that's a because we often are never going back to where we used right. to be. And I remember I was always looking for that magic answer that was going to, going to take the pain away, the emotional pain, the yes. physical pain. But that that wasn't the right question. The right question is, how can I be more joyful? How can I be more forgiving? How can I be happier and more successful even with the pain? One thing I want to ask you, what you just said, that when you were talking about being kinder to yourself, I want you to um, expound a little bit on that because I think a lot of times people deal with guilt in this area. Oh, do we ever. Okay, so talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I remember I used to, my my original coping mechanism was to numb out. And by doing that, I would sit in front of the TV for hours on end because I couldn't move and I didn't want to think and I didn't want to admit to the pain. And then what I would do is I would say things to myself like, oh my God, you're so lazy. Mm. I can't believe, uh, you know, what a sloth you are. Yes. What, how did you just waste today? you've been given gifts and talents and can help people. And all you're doing is sitting here wallowing. This is in the early days. Mm-hmm. And so what that does is it ends up increasing our pain, increasing our shame, increasing our guilt. Yes. None of which serves having a joyful existence. First thing to do is to get the internal messenger, a BS that I call it, because it always makes up the most outrageous, strong comments that you would never say to anybody else. Like, I would never call you up, Carol, and say, I can't believe you're being so lazy. What's wrong with you? Exactly. Yes. I would say it to myself Mm. and mean it. Yes. And so my, what I did when I originally started to recognize, wow, am I ever mean and cruel to me? Kind to all these other people out there, but wow, am I a jerk <laughs> to myself. Mm. Is I, I took that message that I was saying in my head and I put it on paper. So I started every time I started to notice, I, uh, first of all, self-awareness is the first step in the resiliency ninja formula. And so I had to become very aware of what conversation am I having in my head. And as soon as I started saying something that was negative, I grabbed a pen and a paper and I wrote it out loud. Like, or write, wrote it down. And then when you're, you know, through that little moment of, you know, being feeling sorry for yourself or being cruel to yourself, you can look at it objectively at another time. So at the end of the week, I would look and I would reread all of those little notes that I had said in my head. And I was like, wow. Now, we have to move on. And then we have to start you know, to in order to actually stop them, self-awareness is the first piece, but then we actually have to care about ourselves enough to stop saying them. I absolutely love the idea of writing that down. I think everybody goes through those moments. I don't, if we're human, we're going to, you know, go through those moments and to write them down and to read them a week later, that's therapy. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. 
I'm going to start doing that. It's a great practice. Yes. And the key is don't get too, uh, don't feel too shameful or too guilty about what you wrote. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because then it's just a self-like cycle. Exactly. (laughs) And along those same lines, I want you to address um, fear. Because I think that when you were going through your initial um, physical problems, there must have been a lot of fear. And how did you combat that? Well, first thing we have to do is we have to figure out what is the fear directed at. So there's a fear, my initial fear, as I can, I can feel that emotion from the beginning, was am I going to be able to physically survive with the pain that I'm feeling for the rest of my life? So I was worried about 20 years down the road. I, and some days I was like, can I survive another 20 minutes? Uh, neuropathic pain can be very debilitating, as many pains can be. And so that fear was often exaggerated by catastrophizing. So, oh my goodness, how am I going to live with this for 20 years? Well, we don't know what's going to happen in 20 years. Hopefully they're going to have a solution, right? And so I would start mm-hmm. changing the story so that it would be less c- catastrophic. The other thing with fear, I know when um, my mom has not not a great heart and, you know, she's had some challenges physically. And so every now and again, we'll end up in the hospital and and I, I don't recognize or I didn't recognize the fear. What I did is I all of a sudden became very angry. Mm. Sometimes we have fear and we don't know it. Yes. And so I would become very short with strangers, like the parking person, you know, whatever. Like, and it was totally out of character. It'd be like, what do you mean the parking machine doesn't work? Well, you know what, Ellie, the parking machine doesn't work, you know, <laughs> like, like, but I would be lashing out. And until I recognized that that was not actually anger, that was fear, fear of losing my mom and being afraid that I wouldn't be able to function if I lost her. And so when I could recognize it, then I could pull it into, okay, well, today you have her. And just like you found your way after dad died, you will, you know, you'll find your way. And let's not worry about what the future holds when we don't know what the future holds. Well, I'm sure you could talk about worry for the next 20 minutes, too. Oh, my goodness. And it's all it's a mental game. Right. And we have to, you know, the second part of the formula is your strength. And you've got to, you know, have your strength, your your physical strength, your emotional strength, and your mental strength. And it takes a lot of practice to calm that internal messenger who is causing you extra uh, extra grief. It takes a lot of practice. And it's totally doable because you're in control of your thoughts. That was my next question, actually. So how do you do that? Well, first thing, like we talked about, you've got to figure out what they are. <laughs> then you've got to, so you're looking at that, but then find out what's the story you do want to tell. What What's the story you want to believe? And, you know, your subconscious mind doesn't have a sense of humor, right? <laughs> like, like it, it'll believe you if you tell it. So you can, I think the first part is know what you're saying so you can even try to fix it or change it. Then to figure out what do you want to say in its place. And sometimes you've got to, 
in, include a friend, include a professional psychologist if you have one, if you uh, have people who you can trust, who have a very positive outlook. Because like one of the things I'll do, so what's an example? So uh, the other day, uh, one of my clients, my coaching clients called and uh, we, we've, she's trying to get a lot of investor money. She's got a new tech startup and I love working with her and we've, we've got her, her first round of funding and different investments. And she had this meeting with an investor and he spent, they had, I think it was 15 minutes planned and he spent about an hour with her. But he didn't give her any money because it wasn't a fit for what his thing is. And so she was devastated and she's like, you know, what's going on? And, and you know, it's that roller coaster that we all have as entrepreneurs. And she just she's like, why did he, you know, waste his time being with me if he didn't want to invest? And I'm like, oh, my goodness, he invested an hour of his wisdom in you because he cared about you and believed in you. And she's like, oh, like. Sometimes we need somebody else there, whether it's a coach, a psychologist, a friend who we trust, who can flip the idea for us so we can see the other side because we get such tunnel vision, right, Carol? It's like we know, oh, this is how I perceive it to be. And And there's nothing wrong with that. We all do it, but you have to go past that. That's right. And allow yourself to, uh, one of the things I used to do when somebody would upset me or I would feel like, oh, that client didn't book me again. Because then, of course, it's like, oh, I must have failed on stage if they're not bringing me back, right? <laughs> because that's the exaggeration we use. Yes. Well, no, I didn't fail on stage. They have a policy to not bring the same back, speaker back in the course of five years. That's why they didn't bring me back. Well, I didn't know that at the time, right? So what I would do is when I found myself getting into that circle, that uh, that just spinning control where I'm telling a story that's not helpful, I'll put it on paper and then I'll challenge myself to come up with five different angles on the same topic. So what is a different way to look at this? So, uh, you know, whether it's they, they can't hire, hire return speakers, they don't have a budget, they got rid of their thing, or they learned everything they needed to learn from me for this mm-hmm. point in time. So actually create different scenarios so that you can see a different perspective. So that's one way you can change that conversation as well. Create different scenarios to see a different perspective. Yes. That's excellent. Excellent. I just want to step back for a moment regarding your health. I want to step back for a moment and ask you a question about your health. Have you gone beyond what the doctor's prognosis was for you because of your attitude? Absolutely. Okay, share a little bit about that because I know some people struggle with that. So when I, I remember the doctor's appointment, when he told me, then this is the quote, you need to uh, reevaluate your expectations for your life. And he said, we can get you on disability. We can look at alternatives. You're never going to work full time again. Just get that out of your mind, Allison. And I understand he was trying to be harsh because he wanted me to stop looking for the the miracle cure that was going to take it away, right? And I had so many other pieces going on and my body was just, I was just numbing out. I was not coping well. I was not a resiliency ninja like I am today. Mm -hmm. But that was a defining moment because I could have left his office and taken his advice. And instead I said, no way. 
And I learned and I, uh, uh, an approach that I think is to this day is how I like to help people and what probably changed my life. So instead of looking at the adversity and the thing that I could not control, in this particular case, it was the neuropathic pain in my pelvis that is never going away. Instead of looking at that and trying to take away that adversity, that catastrophic external force that is completely out of my control, what I did was I looked at it, and again, I got pen and paper out, and I started to say, okay, what are the byproducts? the obstacles that are caused because of this adversity. We want to look at the obstacles. So if I, if, if I can just back up a second and say this, when you look at all of your challenges, a lot of times we call our stress or we call our challenges a lot of stress, right? We bucket it all as stress. And back then it was like, we're either stress or like, like it's just all. And what I see is stress is an, uh, an emotion. It's internally caused. It is an expectation to do too much with too little time, with too few resources, and it is within our control because it's an emotional reaction. Then on the other side of the scale, we have adversity, which is an external force that is often catastrophic and will forever change the way that we see our path. Our path no longer exists the way it was. Somebody we love has passed away. We've gone through a divorce. We have lost our job. You've declared bankruptcy. You have a physical ailment that's not changing back. That adversity is um, is just not, there's nothing in our control that we can do. Where we're in control is in the middle. And that's in obstacles. And obstacles are my playground. <laughs> and I want other people to embrace them too. Because obstacles, we can look at them objectively. We can see them for what they are. And we can always either go over them, get around them, blow them up, get them out of our way, whatever we, however we choose to deal that obstacle. When we look at things that are within our control, and when we take the emotion out of it and stop spinning around with stress, we can find a solution. And so that day walking out of that hospital, I said, I'm a business consultant, darn it. I'm going to look at my personal problem and I'm going to put my thinking cap on and I'm going to find a way to find Wonderful. an answer. And so one of the obstacles I had was that I couldn't drive myself anymore to and from Toronto. It just was not, it's about two and a half hours away from where I live. And at the time, most of my clients were in Toronto and I could not do that. It just wasn't safe. I'd get to a point in the in the highway where my pain would skyrocket and I was putting myself and others at risk and I had to stop that. So I called my mom. Now, Carol, I know you have children and grandchildren and a blessing of a large family and uh, you have uh, certain things. I don't know if you would ever want to do this, but if you're uh, you know, somebody called you up and said, I know you have a great independent life. Would you give that up and come and hang it out with me? And by the way, you can become my chauffeur, right? <laughs> Would you want to do that? And my mom knew that I needed to, I needed some, I needed help. And Aww. yeah, she gave up her, you know, retirement life and her new life, you know, without dad, because that was hard for her as a right. widow. And she ended up, 
you know, coming and spending the time with us, uh, with me. And, and uh, you know, she would drive me to my gigs. But she became so much more than that. And that's why the joke is, I married my mom. <laughs> okay, now I get it. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's hard sometimes to ask for help. Especially when you're self-sufficient. Exactly. So you said you married your mom and you birthed a dog. Yeah, so one day I was coming back on the highway about the same time. So mom couldn't drive me this day. And uh, I was coming back and I was in so much pain. So I called my friend and she said, do you know what you really need? She's like, you know, you're so sad. You need some puppy love because, yeah, puppies will, uh, you know, make you cheerful. And she said, I was in, the, you know, uh, one of the towns around where I live this weekend why don't you go up there? There were all these dogs. I think you'd just get a little boost. Why don't you do that? And I said, no. But in that moment, I looked up and the next exit was the exit that I needed to take if I had chosen to say yes. And I went, that's a sign. I need to do this. (laughs) And I pulled off the highway and I met some dogs and nothing was really working. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. But before I left, there was this little black bundle of joy who was licking his paw and he looked up and he caught my eye and he went, my mama, she's here. (laughs) He was so excited. And I'll tell you, he ran over every little dog and he jumped up and I caught him and I could not put him down. What happened was he gave me the love and the joy and the the com- companionship at home. Because remember, I, I was so used to being like 18 hours out of the home doing things. Right. And now here I'm at home all alone and lonely and, you know, devastated. And he gave me that first bit of joy back in my life in that really tough time. So I love him. He's great. And uh, I understand people think that some, sometimes people don't appreciate the love of a, an animal. But I, I used to laugh at people like me, Carol. <laughs> I did. And now I love him, right? Like he's like my little kiddo. Well, I've rescued 30 dogs and I've never yeah. met a dog I didn't love. Oh, isn't that wonderful? I, I don't care who you are. You, I think you need a dog in your life. So I totally, totally understand. And every once in a while, as I think about all the care that's required sometimes when you rescue dogs, I'm not going to do this anymore. And then you got the next one that comes along and gives you those big eyes. Oh. And you know how much they're hurting. And all you want to do is give them love. And you know what? We're the ones that end up getting the biggest blessing because they, they know they've been rescued. Oh, they do. There's no doubt. And they let you know how much they appreciate it. So thank you for sharing that story. That's that's (laughs) awesome. Okay. All right. So let's see what else we have here to chat about. I think you've touched on this a little bit already, but if you want to add some more, do you think that we have a choice? And if so, how do we go about um, making that choice on not living in the victimhood mode? Well, I really do absolutely believe it is a choice. And I know it's a choice because I have sat with people who made a different choice than I did. And it wasn't an actual fact. It wasn't that there was something special in me about me that it said, I'm going to defy the odds and I'm going to keep going. It wasn't that. Truthfully, I was scared to death. This is serious. This is... He scared me so much. You know, we were talking about fear the other, you know, yes, earlier. Yes. And, you know, if I think back to that moment, that moment was a moment of fear. Fear of what if 
I allow this to define my outcome for my life? What if I spend the next 20 years, 30 years, 40 years living a life that wasn't my my path, my vision for myself because I had a surgery that went wrong? And I was so afraid of that. And I was like, I got to put on this thinking cap of how do I deal with this? So yes, it's a choice, number one. And then what you need to do is that's why I've created this resiliency ninja formula. And it's a process. It's not going to happen in an instant. And there are going to be days when even when I started my resiliency ninja journey, uh, you know, it's routinely even now, you know, things still go wrong just because you become a resiliency ninja. It doesn't mean you don't, you know, you have this perfect life. Um, you know, my mom is always telling me, Hey, Allie, oh, why don't you read your own book? <laughs> you know, she, she reminds me to do that because I, I have to keep practicing this. It's not, it's so easy to go into victimhood. So the first thing is it's a choice. Number one, number two, it is letting yourself know this is not going to be a one and done. This is not a magic pill for now. I'm going to be resilient for the rest of my life. I'm going to keep working on it and I'm going to allow myself the freedom to do it and make mistakes without judgment. And then there's the resiliency ninja formula. So it works uh, like this. It's we start with our self-awareness. Then, as I mentioned earlier, we build on our strengths. So we've got to, you know, there are exercises to build your emotional strength, your mental strength and your physical strength. And then we need to go into our resourcefulness mode. So when you're facing adversity, you know, we're going to split out is every challenge. Is it a stress? Is it an obstacle? Is it an adversity? And if it's uh, adversity, we want to find all the byproducts that are within our control. So we get a list of obstacles and then we're going to become very resourceful and find different ways that we could deal with those things to make it better. And, you know, if there are people who are not good in our life who are uh, negative or pulling us down or holding us back, we can look at that as a stress. So how do I emotionally respond differently to stop the triggering and to stop allowing them to influence me and my my resiliency? How can I uh, spend perhaps less time with them how do I change the conversation so that they have less of an influence or we we stop repeating the same pattern with a friend? Like there are lots of different things we can do, whatever those challenges are. And then so that's where you really go into that resourceful mode and get very creative about how are you going to become resilient. Now, what do you have to offer the audience as far as, is it a course when you're talking about the... Um you know, the Re- Resiliency Ninja, is it a course or just your book or what, what do you have to offer? Well, the first thing we have is the book. So Married My Mom, Birth the Dog, and it's available everywhere. I also do coaching for people. So I like the one-on-one coaching. And in the coming months and years, I will do some group coaching programs. I just, I haven't launched those as of yet. And I have an online program that um, is uh, available. And uh, if that's of interest, I always like to have a chit chat with people first to find out because I have a couple different programs. And they can book a a call with me on my website at r-ninja.com. And we can figure out what is the best path for them. And your book, well, you said it was available all over. How long has it been out? 
Uh, less than a year. It came out at the beginning of 2017, or sort of mid-2017. And your next book? <laughs> My joke will be Married a Man, Birth to Kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't have the, uh, the content yet well, for that okay. one, but... <laughs> We'll see. Maybe your dog will have puppies. (laughs) So I still have the business book and I still do the business coaching. So at the end of the day, you know, the profitable networking, I'm still speaking at conferences. Uh, I love speaking both on the resiliency ninja side and the business side. I like to uh, having both of the sides. And so that's available if people are involved in a uh, course. And then I have other business courses. But again, visit my website, come see me, uh, set up a phone call, and we can chat about your situation and, and see how I can best serve. That sounds awesome. Is there anything else you want to say in conclusion? Just that if you're going through a really sucky time in your life, please know that your obstacles do not need to define your outcome. There is a path through and you can become a resiliency ninja. Thank you so much, Allison, for sharing today. I really appreciate so many of the things that you said. And, and, you know, the wheels are just spinning as you're talking because I'm thinking, oh, I can relate to that. And so-and-so is going to relate to that. And and I know people that are going to really tap into this part of, of your story. So thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing what you can, uh, what you have to offer our listeners. And I really, really sincerely appreciate that. And I hope that you will go to, I hope our listeners will go to your website immediately and connect with you. So thank you so much for sharing today. Well, thank you, Carol. And thanks for the forum to share. So thank you. Thank you for listening to Never Ever Give Up Hope featuring Carol Graham. Did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to? Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.